podcast uses profanity and topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Hell on Hills podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Amanda. Oh, hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> well, yeah, we're here. I oh. bought myself creamies. <laughs> You're going to have to explain what that is. I still don't know what it is. I can see that it's a popsicle. Wait, you've never had a creamy? No. Um, Are you mad at me right now? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I grew up on creamies. Like, this was, like, if you wanted something cheap to give to all the children of the land, you got them a creamy. It's basically like a ice cream on a stick. Now, where I'm from, you get them pop ices. You get a whole box. Like, I don't know, 50, 100 for like five bucks. An icy, yeah. I guess. Or an otter pop. Yeah, otter, otter pop's pop. another one. Mm-hmm. You used to cut the sides of your mouth on the uh, plastic. Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. um, I learned on TikTok that you can just break those in half. You don't have to get scissors out. Not when we were kids. Those things <laughs> were... I mean, like, you were lucky if the scissors worked. Those things, you had to open them with like a weed whacker or something. They were indestructible. Well, now you're apparently able to just pop them in half. Well, now I might get some. Annie can do otter pops. Probably. Yeah, it's summertime. It's hot. She can do otter pops. You just have to watch her and make sure that cuts on both (laughs) of her side of the mouth don't get too deep. Yeah, I mean, a little bit is okay. The, the, you know, the blood, it adds to the flavor. Mm -hmm. Kind of like a steak. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. I got you. There's nothing better than lemon and blood. I grew or, up on that. I mean, I don't know what could be better aside <laughs> from chocolate and blood. <laughs> All right. Well, this is a special episode. <laughs> um, I don't know how special it is for me and Amanda, but happy hey, birthday, Brie. Your birthday is birthday. in six days at this point. So happy you're welcome. Birthday. We have you. Such a special episode. So special. We've been we having this. For our, like, we've been planning this from the beginning, I think. Yeah. It's been at least January. hmm We have yeah. a theme today. One of her favorite themes. Yes. It is her favorite. She told us herself. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much better it could get. Before we get into the theme, though, um, I'm just going to say for all of our listeners, thank you for listening. We hope you also enjoy this birthday special. Even though Brie is not here, she will have to listen in her own free time. Mm-hmm. Her own damn fault for that. But I just wanted to shout out a couple more places because I've been good about it for the last couple weeks. Was I good about pulling it up so I was prepared for it? No. Did I have time? Absolutely. Amanda was late today. Yep. By 45 minutes. Not my fault. It was, you know what? I'm just going to say it. Me and my husband went grocery shopping together. Do with that information what you will. Were you hunger shopping too? We did not eat before we went. Mm. Mistake number one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, for those of you in, let's see, let's just find a random location. Let's say Virginia. We got a lot in Virginia. Have I already said Virginia before? I don't think. I don't. I probably have. Let's, sorry, Virginia, yeah. you're out. Because I think that's where Tappahannock is, is Virginia. Tappahannock. That's my new favorite town. Mm-hmm. It really is. 
Um, let's do Florida. We've got quite a few listeners in Florida. So for those of you out there listening, thank you. We appreciate you. Um, and let's also do Iowa. Iowa sounds good. Oh my gosh, my husband just brought me food too. Well, what did he bring you? What the hell is that? That looks delicious. <laughs> it's a hobo dinner. I'm it's gonna need more information here. Tin foil dinner. <laughs> oh yeah, he was telling me about those, and I still have absolutely no idea what it is. So basically, it is so it's hamburger, we mix hamburger and like the spicy sausage up. Ooh, and then okay. potatoes, and then we top it with cheese. Oh, and he brought in my avocado. Did you dice it? How does he expect me to put avocado on it if he doesn't dice it? Anyways, so you mix those all up, and you mix potatoes in. And I really like potatoes, so I put extra potatoes in mine. And then we top it with cheese, and then you just put some butter in and bake it. So That honestly sounds amazing, because I'm all about, like, one-pot meal. Easy. Super easy. I love them. We just had Wendy's and I had a big greasy hamburger. I had to eat it over the trash can because it fell apart while I was eating it. It was delicious. That sounds delicious. Um, Also, not to judge my husband, but does this look like it's diced? No, that is sliced. (laughs) Okay. It's fine. I didn't correct him while he did it, but anyways. Back on topic. For those of oh, yeah. you, yeah, we, we were supposed to be doing something. Um, for those of you in those areas, thank you. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate your guys' support. Even the listen, download, follow, subscribe. We do recommend you tell your friends because that's how we get more listeners. Um, because we're just not good at social media. Yeah, no. <clears throat> not at all. No, so, not even at my own personal one. I don't think I've posted since like October, so. Sorry. But we just wanted to shout you guys out. Say hello. Thank you. We hey, appreciate you. you. Um, all right. Now we can talk about the birthday special and our very special topic, which I don't know if any of you turn this off because of the topic. I'm sorry. It's Bree's fault. She's not here, so we can blame her. She can't defend herself. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, our theme. Is clowns. And I already have one drink down. I have a root beer. I'm going to have to have Cody get me another one. All right. Well, with that being said, fair warning, this is also a two part episode on Amanda's part. Yeah. There was just no getting around it. No. Amanda, if you want to just take it away. I'm sure people know by now what the topic or who you're going to be talking about. Yeah, we're. Y'all probably have already figured it out, but we are going to be talking about the scumbag that is John Wayne Gacy. This. uh, Okay. Like Bryce said, this is going to be a two part episode. I'm probably going to have to leave out a lot of information. I'm going to try to pack in as much as I possibly can. Um, so pray for me. John Wayne Gacy. Let me, let me bow my head and do a little prayer. Okay. I'm just saying. Thank you. Moment of go silence. On. Please. For the fallen. Okay, go on. You're done. Okay. I'm done. Your moment's over. John Wayne J- Gacy. What? John Wayne Gacy Jr. 
was born March 17th, 1942. I think that's St. Patrick's Day. March 17th? Yeah. Isn't that St. Patrick's Day? Yeah, that's St. Patty's Day. So Uh, he should have dressed up as a leprechaun. Should have. um, But he does literally nothing that we want him to do. Like, off the top of my head, be a good human. So he was the second born of three kids, and he was the only boy. His mom was named Marion Robinson. And John was the absolute apple of her eye. She adored him. He was close to his mom. He was close to his sisters. And his dad, John Stanley Gacy, so not a junior. I don't know why I said junior. One of the Because it's John Gacy, John Jr. Okay, see, me and James talked about this because James is a third. And I remember looking it up. Some people say that it has to be all the same three names. Some people say that it can only be two. So junior or not, however you see it, he is referenced as junior. Um, His dad sucked. Yeah. <clears throat> he abused John. Um, he abused his entire family. He was, he was an alcoholic. Um, and he just had like random fits of rage throughout his life. One of the Were these alcohol-induced fits of rage? Most of them, but some of them weren't. He was just an angry piece of garbage, basically. One of the stories I heard more than once was they were all sitting down at the dinner table. And his dad just flipped out, hit his mom, and hit her so hard that her bridge flew out. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's like the bridge of her nose. It, I'm assuming in her teeth. That's what I thought. It had something dental related. And this was just in the middle of dinner. And his mom runs outside. The kids are all crying and they're pretty young. They're between two and five years old at this time. Him and his two sisters. They're screaming, crying. Her mom runs out in the street. Um, her, his dad ends up leaving the house. And he comes back the next night. His mom had made a new dinner. His dad comes home and they all eat dinner. That's it. It's never talked about nothing. That's just like a normal day for them. Wow. um, That's kind of. That seems. Just not something you should be used to. Also. uh -uh. A dental bridge is basically a set of fake. I googled it while you were talking. Um, it's basically a set of fake teeth that come in and out <clears throat> kind of like dentures but it's not the full full jaw it's like three teeth or four teeth oh okay and it I got just you. I've seen yeah so it's like okay yeah. yeah he hit her so hard those flew out of her mouth and then just leaves comes back home the next day and family time i guess <clears throat> what type of family time would be pleasant with that type of person Um. From what I read, watched, uh, I did not see many happy things said about his father. Now, that could be just from John. Uh, but with situations like this, I would not doubt it if the whole family was just in terror all the time. They said that his dad was also obsessed with the basement. And still, 
they don't know what he did in the basement. It was off limits. It was locked when he wasn't there. When he was in the basement, they were not allowed to bother him. Even so much as knocking on the door, hey, dad, dinner's ready. He would come out in a rage and just beat the shit out of whoever bothered him and go back down to the basement. They did not eat dinner until he come up on his own time. And then they all ate as a family. They basically just, I assume they just sat there and waited. Well, why can't you just eat your dinner alone? Like, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm eating alone. I'm eating with you. Cody's eating alone. He didn't have to wait for me. This would have been in the mid 40s, probably 50s. So I guess, uh, you know, that was like a different time. My view of that time is everybody sits down as a family eats dinner. So I guess they were just stuck waiting on him since he would flip out if they tried to go get him. Well, I guess they just had cold chicken all the time. Not me. Watch me eat without an issue. Be like, look, yeah. dad. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get my ass kicked every day. Uh, he, John Sr., he also, he was ruthless when it come to his son. He was always making fun of him, calling him, like, homosexual slurs, calling him a girl, saying he wasn't man enough. Because when he was a kid, he didn't like sports, he didn't like going fishing, and he had a lot of health issues, so it made it hard to do those kinds of things. Um, he started gaining weight due to his health issues. And I believe I go, yes, I do go into that a little later on, but he, he started losing health. What? He started gaining weight due to his health issues. I don't know what I was. He started losing health. He lost (laughs) all of his health. He couldn't find a health path anywhere. Oh, he started gaining weight. And this is just another thing. His dad started calling him fat and lazy. And all he ever wanted to do was make his dad proud. And his dad, on the other hand, he nitpicked every little thing that he could. He used it to turn it against John. Another thing that happened was when he got sick. He got sick, I believe, at 11. When he got sick, he missed so much school that he had to drop out of school. And that was another thing. His dad started talking crap. He's stupid. He's so dumb. He can't even finish school. That kind of thing. So wait, did he drop out of school at 11? Uh, No, I believe it was a little later. He claimed to be sexually abused multiple times in his youth. Uh, The first one when he was four. And he said a 15-year-old mentally challenged girl lured him into a field and molested him. Um, Another time when he was seven he was molested by a family friend and this guy was a contractor and he would take little john with him to jobs and you know give him a little extra money and john wayne gacy said that he hated going with this guy because the guy would take him to these jobs and then later on in the car he would assault him and or molest him And he didn't want to go, but he kept going because he said he never told his parents what the guy was doing to him, mainly because he didn't think his dad would believe him. And he thought his dad would blame him for what the guy was doing, which is. I kind of feel like I understand where he's coming from. I'm not telling his dad. Yeah, I 100% understand that. And that's that's a really shitty thing. But don't feel sorry for him for long because he's still a shitty person. I feel sorry for little John Wayne Gacy. Not big one. 
No, not at all. When he was six, he started stealing his mom's panties. And he claims that he liked the way they felt. And when he was 12, his mom... Like wearing them? Wait, hold on. He was wearing them or just like... Not at first. He... I guess he liked, he explained the, he liked the way they felt. So like the soft, silky. And when his mom eventually found them, it was apparently all her underwear were going missing and she got to look in and found them in his room. And she told him if he liked them that much, she was going to make him wear them. And if he kept stealing them, she was going to make him wear them and walk up and down the road for the whole neighborhood to see. He, uh, he always liked women's panties, by the way. We'll get into that later. That's the whole big thing. Um, I don't think that's how you're supposed to punish a child. Oh, you're not supposed to humiliate them in front of other people? No, I do that to my dogs when they steal my clothes. I make them wear my dresses and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I also don't make them go on walks like that. Nor would they even care if I did. But they're also dogs. Yes. Okay. Um. I guess so was he, in a very sad way. Fair point. Okay. Uh, okay, so he was 11 when he he just started randomly blacking out. Like, passing out. Excuse me, not blacking out. He would just randomly faint. And the doctors, at first, they didn't know what was wrong with him. <clears throat> and after five years, they finally found out that there was a blood clot in his brain that he had to have removed. Five years it took them to find that? Five years of him just randomly passing out. And um, even after the diagnosis, his dad thought he was lying and making it up. This is around the time that he started gaining a lot of weight because he couldn't really be active. But Um, wait, how does he think he's lying and making it up? Like, he's just popping down on the floor and then just out? Yeah. He thinks, like, he's not really passing out. And they, he does go, after the surgery, to have the blood clot removed. Um, it didn't stop his dad from abusing him. So he's, he's healing from literal brain surgery, and his dad is still beating the shit out of him. Who hurt his dad? I... I didn't Is even this get a into generational that. thing? Maybe. I don't know. Um, that was around the time, too, that he started uh, gaining weight. He started getting bullied at school for pretty much the same reason. So this poor little kid, John Wayne Gacy, could not catch a break. He's getting shit on at home. He's getting shit on at school. And... Around this time is when he dropped out. So he was around 16 or 17 years old when he dropped out of school. His dad did help him get a car, helped him buy a car so he could go to work. Obviously, there's going to be strings attached with this car. It's just another thing to hold over his head. And finally, he got sick of living in this house. Okay, can't really fault you for that. So when he's 18, he just moves to Las Vegas. He got involved with politics and he worked as an assistant precinct captain. And he was charming. He was really, he could charm the pants off of people. He did really well at this job. And he eventually got a job in a mortuary as an attendant. And he 
would also sleep there, which I can't really imagine. Uh, that from what I read, he would sleep on a cot in the building, kind of like outside the morgue. I mean, so, if, I mean, I guess if his employer is okay with it. Yeah, and you, I mean, he didn't really have anywhere else to go. Um, but it's <clears> still <throat> just. He eventually got fired from that place when he got caught <clears throat> groping a deceased teenage boy. And that's I'm, when I'm he... sorry, what? Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. He was fired when they found him groping a deceased teenage boy. And okay, that well, I'm glad he, the mortuary did what they needed to. Yeah. He claimed that's when he realized he was attracted to teenage boys. He eventually moved back home, and he went to business school, and he started selling shoes after he went to business school. He was really, really good at this, probably because, again, he was so charming and he was a smooth talker. So he was pretty quickly promoted to a management position. And with this position, he moved to Springfield, Illinois. And I don't... Did I tell you where he was born? He was born in Chicago. I don't think I said that. I don't know. I've already blacked out everything you've said up until now. Yeah, this... Oh God, this is rough. I really hate this. Um... While he was in Springfield, he got involved with the United States Junior Chamber. And this is a not-for-profit leadership training and civic organization for people between the ages of 18 and 40. They also call them the JCs. He flourished in this organization. He got all these different rewards. He skyrocketed through the ranks. Uh, one of the rewards that he got was being the third most important member in the state because he brought in so many new members. He was just recruiting left and right. In 1964, he met Marilyn Myers at the shoe store and they got married nine months later. Did they also Myers, have a baby nine months later? No. Oh, okay. This was just, I, I mean, I don't know. It's super quick. Maybe it's because it was the 60s. You know, that's what you do. You meet a man, you get married, you have kids. Bing, bang, boom. Okay. Meyer's family owned a bunch of KFCs, which I think also had a lot to do with this. They seemed pretty well off. Uh, after they got married, her dad, Fred, gave John three restaurants. It's like, here you go. These are yours. Be prosperous. I don't know. It's really nice welcome of him. Family. Yeah, welcome to the family. Have some chicken restaurants. So these restaurants are in Iowa. So they moved to Iowa. And in Iowa, he's still involved in the JC. And he was in charge of recruiting members. How would you think somebody recruits members for an organization like this? Hands out flyers. That's very good. <laughs> That's a very good. I feel like that would be a good way to drum up publicity. He I would go that. anywhere I could and just here, take a flyer here, take a flyer. Yeah, he uh, he didn't do that. He had a little bit different of a plan. He recruited members by going to a hotel, throwing a crazy party with porn and orgies with sex workers. 
I'm sorry, I stopped because it autocorrected to pork. So he just- with pork and orgies and <laughs> sex workers. Pork and orgies for everybody. Pork for everyone. We're not porking around here. <laughs> yeah, there was there was literally everything. There was alcohol, there was drugs, there was this is how he got people to join this organization. Uh is it it's mostly men. It is all men, isn't it? Uh I believe so, yes. I can't say for now, but yeah, this was a this is a boys' club. Little boys club. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, now apparently he would run across people who were like, hey, this is a really sick party. Uh, but I don't think this is for me. So then he would just blackmail them. And he would say, oh, no, you're going to join or I'm going to tell your wife uh, that you hooked up with this sex worker. Um, um, and he recruited a lot of people. He was very successful. OK, I mean, I guess. He's ambitious. That's a good word. <laughs> Very neutral word there. Yes. We'll keep it neutral for now. In 1967, that is when Marilyn and Gacy, they had their first child, a boy. And a year later. In is he also a junior? I didn't include their names. Is just because they have. No, he's not. Okay. But they also had a little girl the next year. And I didn't include their names because they, spoiler alert, they don't have anything to do with it. They didn't do nothing. Yeah, they are off living another life. Now, during this time, his dad was actually pretty accepting and positive. And it's basically like, you know what? You're married. Okay, I guess I was wrong. You're not a homosexual. You're doing well for yourself. You're managing all these chicken places. He's a beard. <clears throat> what? I said she's a beard. <laughs> <laughs> you might be on to something there. <laughs> So he finally, you know, in this, in this time, he finally got what he dad's, what, what he had always wanted. He got his dad's approval. Well, he dazzled everyone. With. <laughs> he finally got the dad's. I don't know. I just, I really, this is so uncomfortable for me. So he's got dad's approval. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, during this time, people were starting to notice that. Gacy was always around teenage boys. He started inviting teenage boys to his basement for games, beer, porn, and drugs. Don't go. Don't go. It's a trap. Don't go. Okay. He started inviting teenage boys to his basement and... When they were there, he would sexually assault them while they were vulnerable. He would blackmail them, coerce them. He even tricked them by telling them that he was conducting homosexual experience for scientific research. And he paid the boys up to $50. No. Yes. He even had uh, fake diplomas on the walls of his basement, one of the victims said. No, stop it. Mm -hmm. One of the ways that he would make the boys vulnerable, he had this trick that he would do with handcuffs. And he would handcuff himself with his hands behind his back. And he would have the key kind of tucked in between two fingers. 
and he would let himself out of the handcuffs and he presented this to people, like I said, as a trick. So he would get out of them and then he would ask the guys, do you want to try? And they'd be like, yeah, all right. So they would put the handcuffs on and he'd let them fumble around for a minute and he would ask them, so do you want to know the trick? And they'd be like, yeah. And he would say, you, the trick is you have to have the key. And then they would kind of just know that they were trapped. Um, go on. Okay. Digesting. He, he also had what he called the rope trick. And it's basically a garrote. He had a knotted rope that he would put around their neck. And he would put like a pencil or something in it. And he would twist it a couple times. And basically just keep asking them, you know, like, are you all right? Can you still breathe? Some people. <sighs> One kid, um, he was choking with the garrote and the phone ring and he answered it. <clears throat> and he did not loosen the garrote, and he claims he forgot about the boy. And How do you forget? He had to take the phone call, and by the time he came back, he had died. How do you forget? Yeah. Because he's a monster. Some boys, <laughs> he would suffocate and then let them come back. He basically tortured them. In August... Of 1967, Gacy sexually assaulted 15-year-old Daniel Voorhees after luring him to his house by promising to show him porn. Gacy took him to the basement and convinced him to have mutual oral sex by telling him, you have to have sex with a man before you start having sex with women. That doesn't make any sense. I did not think so either. I don't know where the logic is in that. I don't... Uh, Donald's dad was in the JCs with Gacy. The hell? Yeah. Which is just like, that's brazen. How the hell is he getting away with this shit? Uh, Donald, Donald kept that to himself for months. And he said he really struggled with it. But in March of 1968, he finally broke down and he told his dad what happened. And his dad immediately went to the police. Good. Um, and around this time, there was another 16-year-old boy that had filed a report on John Wayne Gacy for assault. The second boy, his name was Edward Lynch, and he worked for Gacy in one of the KFCs. Gacy invited him over to watch porn, which is... Please stop going over to his house to watch porn. First of all, it is weird that young men are like, oh, this old guy is asking me to come watch porn at his house with him. Thank you. I asked James. <laughs> I was like, is this something that guys do? Do you ever just hang out with your friends and watch and porn? Watch porn? And he, was, he was literally like, no, that's weird. I was like, thank you. Why? He did have the thought. He was like, maybe it was like, because this is the 60s, maybe porn was hard to get. So they agreed. I I don't know. That is a good point. But to me, it's still weird. It's weird because of the, the individuals. I feel like it wouldn't be as weird if it was like a kid and his friend were like, oh, let's go, you know, but where it's 
an adult, like significantly older. He's friends with your father. That's where I'm feeling like the weirdness. I still yeah. think it's weird to like, I think boys are weird in general. So I, I don't know. Yeah, very true. Hopefully not this one. Uh, Gacy invited him over to watch porn. They played a game of pool. And Gacy had this great idea. No, he doesn't. If the boy won, uh, I keep saying the boy, if Edward won, Gacy would give him a blowjob. What? Yeah. High stakes, I guess. Again, weird. Why? Well, Edward said that he won, but he refused. And uh, that pissed Gacy off, so Gacy attacked him. He attempted to molest Edward, but Edward fought back. He, Edward eventually fake passed out, so Gacy drove him home. Just like that? Yeah. There were some situations where Gacy would be attacking somebody, and he would just out of nowhere, he would hurt the guy. Like when, I think it was this kid, actually, while they were wrestling around. Just out of nowhere, he would just be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, do you want to you wanna do this? You know, we can, we can do this. Hey, let me turn on some porn and try to, like, calm them down. And then he would just try to assault them again later. So I don't, I think that was, like, a mental thing. Well, that's what it sounds like to me as well. Just like he's, I'm so sorry I made you uncomfortable. Let me make up for it. And then mm-hmm. he'll keep doing that till his behavior is normal to the person. And he can keep pushing. Yeah, that's that's how I interpreted it. But then again, I am not a disgusting psychopath. So You're not? I, no. no. Are you sure? Yeah, I showered. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you got the disgusting part out of there. Yeah, that's gone. Down the drain, <laughs> one would say. So he was arrested on oral sodomy and attempted assault of a 16-year-old. Gacy denied everything and demanded to take a polygraph test. And they let him take a polygraph test. And it read that he was nervous when he denied any wrongdoing to both victims. He claimed that the whole thing was a ploy so he didn't get elected president of the JCs. Listen. Nobody wants you as president of the JCs. You're already blackmailing 50% of them. Funny you should say that because a lot of the JCs believed him and they rallied around him and supported him. Did the ones that were blackmailed rally around him? I think so, but only because they didn't have a choice. Oh, okay. Pure pressure. Gotcha. <laughs> so, in the middle of all this trouble, here comes Rush- Russell Schroeder, and Gacy paid him $300 to lure Donald to a park and pressure him into not pressing charges. So Robert did just that. He lured him to he lured him to a park. They met in the woods, and he maced Donald. He attacked him, and Donald was luckily able to get away. And went straight to the police. He told the police who it was. And they arrest Russell the next day. I'm sorry. I wrote Robert. His name's Russell. The police arrest Russell the next day. And at first he said he wasn't involved. 
but he pretty quickly folds and tells them that Gacy paid him to assault Donald. So they added a conspiracy charge to Gacy because, duh. A month later, Gacy was ordered to have a psychiatric evaluation at the Psychiatric Hospital of the University of Iowa. Two doctors examined him for about two and a half weeks before concluding he had an antisocial personality disorder and was unlikely to benefit from any therapy or medical treatment. They also ruled that his behavior pattern was likely to bring him into repeated conflict with society and that he was mentally competent to stand trial. Okay. On November 7th, Gacy pled guilty to sodomy and (laughs) he claimed Donald propositioned him and he acted out of curiosity. They did not believe this at all. I don't believe it. I'm not a detective, but yeah, my my detective thinking brain says probably not. 10% chance of truth right there. <clears throat> Less than 10. We're talking like 1% chance of truth. Yeah, you're probably right on that. He was convicted of sodomy on December 3rd, and he was sentenced to 10 years at Anamosa State Penitentiary. Maryland divorced him almost immediately. Uh, From what I read, the day he was convicted, she filed for divorce. She was not messing around. Good for her. She petitioned for the couple's home and property and sole custody of the two kids and alimony. And the court ruled in her favor. The divorce was finalized September 18th of 1969. So she was like, give me all our shit and get him out of my life. How does one get alimony when someone is in jail? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Okay. Not real sure. Um, I also thought that you had to be married for 10 years to get alimony. But I could also see why they would award her this. Because he's a piece of shit. His dad... Okay. When he was in prison, this... it. I'm sorry. He went to prison and he got a job in the kitchen. He very quickly moved up to head cook and in his own words this was power to him food was power and that's why he did it other inmates said that if you pissed off john gacy you were going to find mouse turds rat droppings something in your food i'm sorry you literally just took a bite (laughs) we're gonna put that down i'm sorry Tell me what you put in my food. Is it safe to eat? It's not answering me. Sorry. Yeah. What did I bring in here myself that's safe to eat? <clears throat> he, uh, yeah, he, he didn't really have a lot of outward enemies from what I could find. And as far as the, the guards and the warden were concerned, he was a model prisoner. He built the Prison's first miniature golf course brought that to him. He was also, he got involved uh, in the JCs, the, I can't remember what they call it. I'm sorry. The prison chapter or something like that. It was JCs, but prison. And it's okay. pretty much the same thing. He would, I don't think he should be allowed to do that. He would convince, convert, intimidate, you name it. And the... The JCs in that prison grew like 
like freaking it like quadrupled while he was in there recruiting people. When he was in prison, wait, his wait, how did he recruit them in prison? Because he can't throw wild region parties at hotels with strippers. I assume uh, maybe he met them in the yard and showed them some ankle. Who getting frisky with that ankle? Yeah. The ankle uh, yeah. action. Maybe. Oh, you know what? I bet it was his chef hat. The big poofy oh. chef hat. Yeah. Did you wear it down lower though? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess actually he probably, he was like, hey, join this or you're going to find a cockroach in your food tonight. I was about to take another damn bite too. Okay. So moving on. <laughs> moving on from shit in my food. While he was in prison, his dad died, and the prison would not allow him to go to the funeral. Boo-hoo, kick rocks. I don't care. Don't. Um, how about you leave young boys alone? And I'm pretty sure that's problem. normal. If you're in prison, you don't normally get to go do those types of things. Sometimes they do let you out, especially the model prisoners or whatever. They will give yeah, them, like, a day pass. He's not um, a model prisoner. Uh, he was. He was. He was, like, doing interviews and stuff while he was, he was in like, prison. Putting rat poop in people's food. Well, they don't care about that. I'm pretty sure that could be considered a crime, because I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to eat rat poop. Yeah, it can, it can really mess you up. And the pee. So I'm pretty sure that could be considered something like attempted murder. I mean, he's already got a conspiracy. Why not give him another one? Add it on. Now, so he was sentenced and what did I say? December 3rd, he was convicted and he was sentenced to 10 years. Do you want to guess when he got out? Did he spend two years? No. More or less? Less. One year, six months, two days. Damn. <laughs> 18 months. So about a year and a half of a 10-year sentence. And they let him out in 1971. They Just let him out. feel like a good idea. And they put him on a probation. And you know what? That's where I'm going to stop for today. Oh, it's about to get gnarly. Okay, well, um, that's where we're stopping today. Just please tell me. I'm ready to be done. Okay. Um, well... I don't know how I feel about all of that. That was, it's about to get gnarly and it's already feeling pretty gnarly. Yeah. And to be like, to be honest, there's, I don't think we'll ever know how many people he actually assaulted. I just want to throw that in there. I was able to find a lot of people, but there's a lot of people that either believed his lies. They were ashamed. Cause even now, you know, men face a stigma when they're sexually assaulted. So a lot of men don't come out. This was the 60s. I imagine it was way, way worse back then. Yeah. Because even today, I feel like a lot of the male victims don't come forward. So it's. Mm -hmm. and it's, Which is bullshit. You're still a victim. Yes. <clears throat> you are still a victim. Men just go to police too. It does not make you any less of a man. No. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and start. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and and it's I will just have like, pictures next week. I'm sorry. I have. All of the, I have, I'm trying to put together all of the, 
I'll have oh, I'm going to be honest. I forgot about pictures and I didn't even notice you didn't put any in. So, oh. well, then I have so many pictures. Just don't oh my gosh, them. there are just so many pictures yeah. today. Don't look at them. Okay. <clears throat> well, you can go ahead and look at all of my pictures because oh. I don't really care what happens with those pictures. I'm so excited. <laughs> I forgot about this. So, to <clears throat> we're going to be talking about a motel that has been dubbed America's scariest motel. It is in the town of Tonopah, Nevada. And Tonopah started, I'm going to go into some of the details about Tonopah before I talk about the motel first. So Tonopah started as what was referred to as a Native American campground. Um, I don't know what that means, so I'm just referencing what that says. It is located between Reno and Las Vegas in Nevada, so it is in the desert. In the early 1900s, Jim Butler strikes silver. He had picked up a stone to throw it at his stubborn ass, his donkey. Okay. I was going to ask, a donkey, a child, what are we talking about here? It was his donkey. They were not on rollerblades, by the way. Um, anyways, so he picked up a stone to throw it at his donkey, and he noticed that the stone was really heavy, and he discovered it was silver. And he ends up filing eight claims to the land, and he goes on to establish a small mining camp. Uh, so Butler's Mines and then later on Belmont Mines is established and they actually brought a ton of prospectors from across the region. And this small mining establishment grew from a total of 14 men to a very established settlement. And it grew from there to the town that it is today. And Tonopah's population is less than 2,500 people as of today. So it's still really small. Yeah, that's tiny. Yeah. <clears throat> So from January to April in 1905, a plague sweeps through to through Tonopah, taking the lives of about 56 people. A lot of people believe that it was pneumonia, just based off of what it was, but there is no confirmation. So there are a lot of other sources that state that the illness that went through the area is still unknown to this day. <clears throat> they did say it affected the lungs and made them black. Oh. So. Yeah. Take with, take that with whatever you want. I don't know. So that was I in really 19. I don't want anything else pertaining to my lungs, <clears throat> so I will not take. Okay, take that knowledge, smartass, you donkey. Yeah. Better than being a dumbass. <laughs> um, in 1911, a fire starts at the Belmont Mines, and this actually leads to the deaths of 17 individuals. At least 14 of them were the miners. The fire started um, off what came to be, or the fire kind of started what came to be known as the Curse of Tonopah. Tonopah? Yeah. Um, so at about 5.50 in the morning, <clears throat> they note it, they start looking around, discover that some, um, that it was burning some timber that had been piled near the bottom of the shaft, and they believe a small lit candle had caused the fire. The superintendent of the mine at the time told everyone to just ignore it and go back to work. Get in the mines, get to work. The fire was in a separate area. And so he basically was like, it's far enough away, it shouldn't affect you guys. But how the mines were built, it kind of created like an air pocket enough or like an airflow that it was able to spread very quickly. So I most of like the miners, it. yeah, most of the miners did protest, but the threat of being fired in 1911 was enough for them to get to work. That's okay. So when the superintendent does notice that the fire was spreading quickly, he tells the men to withdraw everyone. 
except for those that were actively fighting the fire. So he does go, oh crap, it's spreading faster than I thought, pulls him out. Uh, but at this time, men were all over the place, and this resulted in many of them being trapped in the mine. So the fire was able to spread faster than the men were able to escape. To escape, And again, 14 of these deaths were that of the miners. Oh. So after, so all of the plague and fire victims, they were laid to rest in the old Tonopah Cemetery. And this cemetery was built in 1901. Its first burial was that of a man named John Randall Weeks. He has nothing else to do with the story. I just thought it was an interesting fact that they knew who it was. Um, the cemetery does close in 1911. And I have sources that say it was due to overcrowding, but I have other sources that say it was caused by tailings from the Tonopah Extension Mine washing over and destroying several headstones. So it's either overcrowded or something with the mines, okay? God, these mines really are cursed. Yes. So in total, the cemetery is the final resting place for about 300 different individuals. Don't worry, though. The mine did donate land for a new cemetery that's still in use today. Um, they, a lot of people do believe that the cemetery itself is haunted as well. Now, <clears throat> we talked about that curse of Tonopah. The reason there is a curse is because over the next few decades, decades, over the next few decades, the Belmont mines see several more fires. And so they just keep getting fire after fire after fire. And in 1942, the final blaze actually leads the mine to close. In the final blaze, a man named Clarence David, um, okay, I have two sources. One say his name was Clarence David, and the other says Clarence Belmont. But I'm going with Clarence David. He passed away in this. Years later, in 1985, his children, Leroy and Leona David, opened up a motel. This motel displayed his collection, Clarence's collection, of 150 clown figurines. And this is how the famous clown motel came to be. The famous Cloud Motel is situated right next to the Tonopah Cemetery, the old Tonopah Cemetery. It was purchased, so it was built in 1985, purchased in 1995 by Bob and Deborah Perchetti. And supposedly this purchase deal was completed actually on a restaurant napkin. <laughs> like their binding contract was on a napkin. Classic. Different, okay. different times. True. This is like, what? 95. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so Bob adds, Bob Perchetti adds to the collection of clowns, um, so he adds his own collection, but while he's doing this, he kind of notice some, notices some unexplainable things. He starts hearing voices in empty rooms, footsteps, and just other weird occurrences. In 2017, and actually, in 2017, it's after Ghost Adventures visits the hotel, and the visit with Ghost Adventures kind of pushed him to sell the property along with the fact that he was just ready to retire and spend time with his family and grad kids and get away from all these damn clowns he enjoys the clowns i like cows but i can't imagine having this many this is you a like lot of cows yeah i love cows they're cute okay but how are you comparing that to clowns clowns are terrifying they're so scared not just a clown though this is not just a clown motel a clown motel next to a graveyard. Mm, a haunted graveyard. <clears throat> Anyways, after the Ghost Adventures visit, Bob Perchetti, he puts the motel up for sale with a listing price of $900,000 in 2017. Is that... How big is this place? It's got 31 rooms. It seems like a steal. Yeah. 
And it's got clowns all over. Like, <laughs> yeah, Annie, tell me about it. So, it's included. Yes. So this is a steal. You're getting a <laughs> hotel and a collection of fine right. clown memorabilia. I can't even with this painting. Is that a wall mural? Okay, just keep going. Yeah. What? What? I, I don't know. The very last picture is like a. Can you imagine sleeping in that bed with a Hold big on. ass clown on the wall staring at you? Do you not recognize what clown that is? Is that it? Yeah. You're gonna hate me. I've never seen that movie. <laughs> oh God. Any I've only seen it a couple times. Um. Anyways, we're we'll move on from that. <sighs> so, in 2019. Oh God, I'm so sorry. I am going to butcher your name and. I'm sorry, there's nothing else I can do, but brothers Vijay Mehar and Hame Anand. Okay. Yes, Vijay. It's VJ. V-J-A-Y. VJ. Vijay. Anyway, so they find the listing and they travel to Nevada to look at the property. And they actually purchased the property um, on April 9th, 2019. <clears throat> now, owner Hame Anand, I don't know if I'm saying your name right either, but it's not Vijay, and my brain is not going Vijay J here, okay? So, Hame Anand is a clown enthusiast. He loves clowns. I don't know and what real estate worker they had to sell this place. Underpaid. Absolutely underpaid. Yeah. But they found the perfect people to purchase this place. Oh, yeah. So, Hame... He said he had been a clown enthusiast since he was 14 years old. He said he loved clowns and it started when he went to a circus. Um, he said that the lions and like the other bigger scary animals had frightened him at that time. But when the clown came out, he said it turned the screams into laughter and he kind of just was like comforted, I guess, by it. But after that, he was hooked. And he began collecting clown memorabilia after that. He was just like, done. Clowns? Yes. I can see that story. Like, I can, I can see that in my head. That makes sense. Okay, I'm mm -hmm. with you. So he's hooked. So he purchases it, purchases the property. He's like, cool, the clowns come with it. Thank you, great. And the previous owner, Bob Prochetti, tells him, this place is haunted. And he's like, okay, <laughs> let's go with it. And he creates uh, rooms around different movies. So there is that It Room, which is the picture that Amanda was referencing, which has a, uh, a floor to mural. ceiling. Yes, it has a whole portrait of Pennywise on it. And he's there's got the a, little... The balloon, like, everything. Yeah, the raincoat. I'm assuming there's a kid under there. Is there? I didn't even look. Well, it's like it looks like a raincoat, but it's the back of it. Like the hood's up. I don't think so. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It, is. It, it, it is. It is. Got the balloon. It's. I'm going to be honest. When I first looked at it, I just thought he was wearing a dress and had his hands on his hip all sassy like. Now that I can get behind right sassy. there. Yes. It's a sassy little clown. Sassy it. <laughs> sassy it. Um, so there is the it room. There is a Halloween room, a Friday the 13th room, and an exorcist room. What do those have to do with clowns? He just jumped on the horror film bandwagon there. Okay. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. So, while Anand was officially uncomfortable with the spirit's presence, he just kind of came to believe they were benevolent. He was like, they don't hurt me. They don't do anything mean. It's just, I'm frightened because it's unexplainable. He didn't say that out loud, did he? Like, they never well, heard him say that. I think so. Well, that doesn't seem good. That's fine. 
Um, anyway, so since he's taken over <clears throat> this motel, oh god, the motel's gift shop collection of clowns has grown to an estimated 2,000 clown statue statues, clown statues, clown toys, clown puppets, clown artwork, and clown dolls. Possibly haunted clown dolls. Literally a, thousands of dolls. It's a and gift I, shop. You're doing the opposite. <laughs> You're supposed to sell stuff. I don't think he does a very good job at selling things. He just loves his clowns. You know what? If, honestly, you know what? If that's what you love, he's probably in heaven. He, I think he is. And he made comments about how something led him here and he was meant to have this hotel. So you know what? Good for you. It's not for me. <laughs> so of the 31 guest rooms, the majority majority of them have clown paraphernalia of some sort. Um, clown paraphernalia. Yes. Did I say okay. something wrong? <laughs> That's just a phrase I never thought I would hear. <laughs> um, yeah. Because I don't want to say mementos or memorabilia. Like, those are not things I want to remember. It's paraphernalia. Okay. So. Anyways. <clears throat> Some of these rooms are more haunted than others. That includes room 108, 109, 111, 210, 215, and 217. Is that like a whole wing of the building? No. They're not. A wing of the building, but <clears throat> in these rooms, people will see doors open and close, hear voices, see apparitions, and they see them more frequently in this these rooms. One group of women say that they were staying in one of these rooms. They didn't state which one, but they stayed in one of them, and they saw an apparition of a man in the bathroom that offered to fix the toilet for them. He sounds lovely. He's just doing some pro bono plumbing work so um in room 108 the itch room uh reportedly a terminally ill front desk manager was living in this room they fell ill they attempted to call 911 or front desk or literally just anyone and every time that they called the call was unsuccessful he later passed away in this room and guests report that they now hear voices items move in this room on their own things go missing um, a lot of people believe that there was something paranormal that caused his calls to not go through. Because the <clears throat> the night he passed away, the front desk said, we didn't receive a call. We didn't, I, I would have answered. I was here. So they believe that this could be the front desk attendant that passed away. Or a lot of times they attribute these phenomenons to what they call or who they call the trickster. Um, this spirit is seen coming from the cemetery. And taking the form of a clown to mess with the guests. Um, what is <laughs> he's seen coming from the cemetery? Do they see a clown coming from the cemetery? Oh, I don't like that at clown. all. <laughs> so it's just like a black mist, and then it's a it's a black clown mist with a fluffy wig and big shoes just walking across the street. <laughs> oh, I hate it. I don't even think it's across the street. I think they're on the same side. You just hear the squeaking of the footsteps. The honking of the horns. Oh, I don't like that at <laughs> all. And then before well, you know it, he's inside your room and you feel the mist of the squirt flower on your face. 
the squirt flower. Yeah, the, you know, the squirt flowers. <laughs> like, they're always wearing a flower. You don't know what the squirt flower? I know what it is. Like, the course, the squirt. I know what the squirt flower is. Yeah. Gosh, squirt flower. Did they say okay. what was wrong specifically with the <laughs> toilet? Because maybe that's what it was. The bidet was all messed up and it just squirted you and he was there to fix it. <laughs> no. That's he a was completely separate set of people that talk about that. Uh, okay. I just figured this man was trained in clown toilets and he was there to fix the bidet. No, not this time. So in room 111, an elderly man uh, wished to live out his days in the motel as to not be a burden on his family. He claimed that a black figure would often appear in his room and he would beg for this figure to take his life. And it never did. This man later took his own life in the parking lot. And many believe that his spirit still lingers as well. Oh, my God. That's like... That's tragic. Yeah, heartbreaking. In room 210, there is a man that was on his way to Vegas for back surgery. He checked into room 210. I put 108 for some reason. He checked into room 210 and ended up staying for six and a half years. What? His back pain was magically gone after staying at the hotel. What? Uh Uh-huh. So he believed that the hotel and the spirits and the things had cured his back pain and he just never left. (laughs) He does end up, his health later declines and he later dies um, in an ambulance that was en route to Vegas. Uh, Again, many people believe that his spirit still lingers in the motel he called home for six and a half years. Some people believe that his declining health um, was caused by the spirits as well. So I guess give and take, no back pain, declining health. You take what you get. I can see that though, like him still being there. I can see that because that was his relief, that, mm-hmm. that place, that room. In room 214, reportedly a man by the name of Howard Hughes befriended the ghost there. Um, he was a millionaire. He was very eccentric. He ended up staying in the hotel for three years and the ghost just really liked him. And when he left, the guests who now stay in the room believe that the spirits are frustrated because they're not able to find their friend anymore. The spirit in this room is known to turn the lights on and off during the night to mess with guests. That's just sad. How sad their friend disappeared. They don't know. So guests report laughter through the corridors of the hotel when nobody is there. One man states he woke up to a full-bodied clown apparition at his bed. Some guests report seeing a seven-foot-tall clown standing at the foot of their bed. Are Uh, they sure that's not the painting? Yes. Oh, well, that's horrible. (laughs) Doors open and close on their own. A lot of people hear mysterious whispers. They hear voices and movement in empty rooms. Shadow figures are common to see here. Housekeeper Andrea Selig stated she has severe anxiety entering the building because she feels like she's always being watched. She has also seen apparitions in the neighboring cemetery. Uh, So I I don't know why I'm saying this again, but many of the rooms are claimed to be active with paranormal activity. No shit, Sherlock. Duh, Bryce. You've never said that before. This is the first I've heard of it, and I'm upset. Okay. (laughs) Many believe that the hauntings are caused from the neighboring cemetery and that they are just spirits coming for a little visit. Uh, People claim to have actually seen apparitions walking to and from the graveyard to the motel or vice versa. They also hear voices saying, we mind, and we died that day. What? What do you mind? Mind like brain or mind like Like they mind the silver. 
Ah, that makes, okay. Did you already forget about the history of the town? No, that was just the first thing I'm thinking is like, yes, I mind. No, you can't. <laughs> Excuse me. No, they weren't asking, do you mind? They said, we mind. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> the motel was featured in an episode of Ghost Adventures on season 14. I didn't grab what episode it was. I did watch it. So you guys should go watch it. Yeah, I'll do it after this. They capture movement from a large clown doll. And so in one of the pictures, hold on, let me figure out what picture. So in two oh of the God. pictures. Is it the one in the chair, the big one? Yes. <gasps> they no. capture video evidence of it moving its hand without assistance from its leg to its side. Absolutely not. <laughs> this looks like a person sitting in a chair holding a bunch of toys. Yes. Um, so that moved on its own. So there's that. And I lost my place. Oh, <clears throat> so if you guys do want to go stay at this hotel for a night, it is relatively budget friendly. Uh, so for those of you that want the thrill, want the ghosts, want the clowns, you can stay here for starting at $80 per night. Oh, wait, hold on. The themed rooms and the pet-friendly rooms, like, the prices vary based off of that. So, like, they're just basic clown room, standard clown, are 80 bucks. If you want, like, the it room or whatever it is, it's, like, 120 And then, like, pet-friendly rooms were, like, 125 or something. Still not bad. Yeah. So, still not terrible. So, if you guys want to go out to the desert for a couple days, tell us how it is. Um, Bree, you have fun with that. I'm not joining. I'm wondering... Or do you know if the pet-friendly rooms also have clown memorabilia? Yes. My dog would destroy. Um, well, then maybe don't take Buck. Or even better, how about I don't go? Even better. Listen, I'm not allowed to go because my dad has strictly forbidden me from going anywhere haunted. So. Yeah, James has the same rules about me taking her places. It's really no fun. I don't know what it is about haunted places that parents don't want their children going to. I don't see any problem. It's not like I'm going to leave her there or give her to them. <laughs> She's just going to be in the backpack. Fine. I mean, can't stop you. So, Bree, if you need a birthday present, you can tell Jackie. We have found you an affordable one. Your birthday present for me and Amanda is this episode. Yes. You're welcome. You're so welcome. Especially because you tried really hard for us to do John Wayne Gacy earlier and we were saving it. Yeah. I had to make up an excuse for Amanda. I should have. If I wouldn't have already started researching this tag, then I wouldn't. I would have been like, okay. Yeah, but we already had a plan in place. Um, For those of you that want to go again, go ahead. We'll post pictures of the motel on. What are those things we use? Instagram and Twitter, Twatter. Twatter, yeah. Twatter. Fosse book. yeah. We'll post pictures is what we're saying. Yeah, they're going to be there. They'll be there somewhere, I hope. I think. I've been good about posting them. No one come at me yet. Anyways, so there you have it. That is, and I know this was really short. There really wasn't a lot of information on this. Um, I will say a lot of people say they don't experience anything paranormal there. And then you have the other half that say they do. So have, have at it. Have fun. 
Any other comments, concerns, complaints, questions? I'm really concerned about this hotel. (laughs) You'll have to go watch it. Yes. I will say the episode actually, they didn't get a lot either because they put two different places in the one episode. So they did the clown motel and some school not in Tonopah. Well, Tonopah, I appreciate your, your clown. I do and I don't. Like, I appreciate it from afar. Yeah, I'll keep my distance from it. I never want to stay in it. No. And it, so. it honestly does amaze me, like, people that collect weird knickknacks and stuff. I cannot I imagine how long it took to collect all this stuff. Like, these pictures are just full. There's clowns. It's Everywhere. just, yes, it is shelves and shelves of clowns. Like, there is everywhere you look, it's a clown. Even outside of the motel, if you look around, that you're going to see clown. That should be their slogan. <laughs> if you look around, you're going to see clown. You'll look around, you'll find a clown. <laughs> gosh, we should be doing their marketing for them. I swear. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to email them today. <laughs> yes, please do it right now. I'm working on it. (laughs) All right. Thank you all for listening to Hell on Heels podcast. To see pictures from this episode, you can follow us on Instagram at Hell on Heels pod. Uh, Nope. Hell on Heels podcast. Twitter is at Hell on Heels pod or Facebook uh, by searching Hell on Heels podcast. You can also find us on Linktree by typing in Hell on Heels podcast. If you want to support us, please like, review, rate, share, and subscribe on your preferred listening platforms. If you want to take your support one step further so we can create more content for you, you can donate through Patreon. We're working to release specials for Patreon. We do have our Jack the Ripper special out. If you have your own true crime or paranormal stories, suggestions, or just words of encouragement, please email us at hellonheelspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to tell or force your friends to listen with you. This has been Hell on Hills Podcast. Bye. Bye. Happy birthday, Brie. Happy birthday, Brie.